inside Twin Peaks, it's Cofield and Company. Here we go, 4 o'clock hour, Twin Peaks, getting ready for Monday Night Football. Willie's here giving out prizes. We also got a sign-up for the grand prize, Vegas Golden Knights tickets for tomorrow night's game against the Kraken. Knights off a 2-2 two and two road trip. We already had uh, Bob stop by, and he got uh, one of the early prizes, some tickets to go watch UNLV Hawaii football this week at the Al. We had Robert stop by. Uh, he signed up for some goodies and got some goodies, so he's in for the VGK ticket giveaway. But uh, we will draw for that uh, later this evening and be giving folks, some lucky listener, tickets to go check out the Golden Knights and the Kraken. It's all courtesy of Twin Peaks. Let's get to it. Battled Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Four, number five. In Vegas, that kind of swallowed up all the Raiders. If you didn't see it, Deshaun Jackson is the latest addition to the Raiders roster. Um, he can be a contributor. What the Knights added last week and intro today, that guy can make the difference between making the semis or the Stanley Cup Finals and winning the whole freaking thing. Jack Eichel spoke today. What'd you like? Well, I like the way that he was confident in answering the question when I asked him I said to him you know some may say that you are a risky investment and an expensive one and do you view yourself that way and he said absolutely not he said that he has done he said if enough people rather than looking on just looking on the outside saying well the Sabres are recommending this procedure and I want to do this procedure even though it's never been done on a hockey player, people are just automatically listening to that last part saying, well, it's never been done before. But with the extensive research, when you have somebody of that caliber of a hockey player um, and his handlers and his agent and his entire camp doing the research that they've done, I don't think that they're going to steer him in the wrong direction to put himself back on the ice in what can be a very violent sport in terms of the hard hits that these guys take. It's not as violent as football. I mean, he even, he even somebody asked him about the, the rise in injuries in all sports, and he said, well, you know, football is a violent sport. So is hockey, let's face it. I mean, you're skating full speed, and you get clocked, you got the puck, you're open game. But he was very confident. He said the research that he's done, he wishes more people would have taken the time to do that research. He said that the Golden Knights have been 100% supportive since talks began. Um, he feels the, the the support behind them. He says he's been told three months recovery. So if he gets it done, you're looking at to December, to January, to February. That's right around the Olympic break. When they come back from the Olympic break, I would expect that he, or I would think that he expects to be on the ice when the post-Olympic break starts uh, with Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, a fully healthy team. Um you know, and he was he was very uh, he he took his time. He he wasn't didn't feel like he was rushed. He took his time with his answers. 
He was very he. I like the fact, Steve, that when he you asked him a question, he directed his answer at the person who asked, and he looked at you in the eye. He wasn't looking around. He wasn't giving short answers. You know that can be tough when you go to a, a different uh, town. You go to and you're standing in front of a firing squad with a full room of media. You just want to answer your question, get it done, move on to the next one, and get out of this press conference. This kid took his time. He was very poised. He was very gracious. And, uh, you know, off to a good start. I think he won the room, which, you know, you hear that a lot, right, with coaches. Did they win the room? I think he won the room. And um, now he got the fanfare welcome out of the way yesterday. He got the media availability out of the way today. Next up is surgery on Friday. Number four. So the internet is gone. That's on the hold of uh, Ruggs and his horrific crash that resulted in the death of one of our locals, Tina Tintor. And Willie and I are getting real fed up with, we're up to here with the, oh, it must be Las Vegas, right? Maybe the NFL shouldn't have moved to Las Vegas. Um, so listen, we, we have a very small role in this market, even smaller outside the market. It is very important for people who are known as the voices of Vegas to get the message out there that this is a cool place. Now, if you have low character, and you're prone to vices, then you're going to be in trouble. But the rest of us who've lived here for 25, 30, you know, Willie's been here most of his existence, right? We're okay, right? Uh, we feel like it's a safe place. And it, it felt safer a few years ago, you know, for some reason. Um, which is why I was disappointed when I saw Dana White, who, you know, says he runs the town, right? The head of the USC gets caught on the street in New York, and he's asked by, you know, one of these jabronis from TMZ, about Vegas and should the NFL be there? And he was just all over the place. It's a tough place to. It's a tough place to. You know, when we bring guys in for press conferences and 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 uh, you know PR and things like that. Listen, Vegas. Vegas is a rough city. Vegas is one of those cities that can chew you up and spit you out if you're not careful. Hey, it's called Sin City for a reason. Uh, well, it is. Uh, the majority of us don't actually participate that much in Sin City. We don't get a chance to go down to the Strip. And this is on the heels of Dana White blaming the last John Jones incident on Vegas, which Adam Hill and I were both like, wait a second. John Jones, and he was involved in a domestic violence incident with his family. Like, John Jones has been in trouble in Albuquerque way more than Vegas and in New York way more. than Like, that's a John Jones problem. It's a Ruggs problem. It's an Arnett problem. It ain't a Vegas problem. Here's more Dana White. as he, Then he starts to flip-flop. I, I have no advice for him. I listen. I'm in enough trouble keeping my own guys out of trouble, and you know, whatever. But uh, listen, Vegas is a tough city. So he says Vegas is a tough city again. And the question was, hey, do you have any advice for Mark Davis? Yeah. The the advice is easy. Bring quality people into town. Don't bring fixer uppers here, right? As Mike Mayock said in his press conference earlier today, the GM of the Raiders. Well, we were aware of some of the problems. So was Ohio State. But Ohio State told us, hey, your structure. Things will work out. Let's not do any more. Things will work out. Bring in guys who are solid citizens. Hell, you can bring in guys who are addicts, right? Darren Waller's been a massive success with all of this temptation around him. Richie Incognito, the structure of football, now he's hurt, but that's worked out. Max Crosby admitted he had a drinking problem. He's fixed himself here in Las Vegas. Here's one more from Dana White. Uh, then he starts to flip around and say, well, you know, a lot of other places you can have trouble. So was LA. 
go spend a weekend in LA. It's, you know, it's the same thing. People are going to make mistakes, and and, th and bad things like this happen uh, every day, no she matter what city you're in. Okay. What do you think listening to that? I just think that Dana White, you know, I mean, it's the long side. It is because, you know, Vegas is a bad place. It can chew you up and spit you out. You know what? I can, I already went on my rant and yours is coming, Steve. And I could, I could sit here and talk about my days in the eighties, which we've done on the, on the, on the, the late night podcast. And, and when I was a DJ and coming up in this town and, no nightclubs and hotels, and it was small and intimate, and we did a lot of things. But you know what? It had nothing to do with Vegas. It had to do with the choices that I made. I was never never a millionaire. Doubt that I will be in this industry. And I certainly am not a pro athlete. But I grew up in this town since 1972. And I fell prey to plenty of good times in Las Vegas, but it had nothing to do with Las Vegas. It had to do with me seeking out those things and guess what those things which i can run down a checklist i can find in phoenix i can find and have in la and have in miami and have in denver and have thank goodness i became a single father because i've said this many a time in print and in interviews the birth of my son, the split with his mother, the week of his first birthday, and becoming a single father saved me from me, not from Las Vegas. I think there's another theme here with Dana White that's really interesting. Dana is a big fan. He's a super wealthy guy. He's a big fan of high-powered car. He is often seen driving damn aggressively in those power cars on videos the UFC puts out. Maybe that's something someone in the MMA media can talk to him about, like, Hey, you know, is there a wake-up call for a lot of you guys who own these cars that are 150, 200, 250? You know, you start getting into the Mayweather range where they're, you know, north of $400,000. Like, you guys going to stop? Like, the rest of us are getting a little bit scared here. Watching people drive 130, 140, 150 miles an hour. My God, if you watch the the uh, surveillance video from the building a little short of the crash site with rugs driving down Rainbow, and yeah. you see one car driving normal speed, yeah. and then rugs comes through, it's like, a rocket. Right. That when I saw that I was like, oh my I don't I don't think I processed the whole time what 156 miles an hour means on Rainbow. Well and you saw in that, that car they, they it was never confirmed, but they're thinking that that was Tina to George car and then and then rugs and then you see a flash and that's the, the impact. Number three Interesting, interesting weekend. And it got buried here in Vegas because all the other stuff going on. Interesting weekend for the Packers. So, no Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love, listen, they covered. It doesn't mean a hill of beans. It was at the end of the game. Uh, but, I mean, I think it's fair to say Jordan Love is 10 or 14 points worse than Aaron Rodgers. Actually, watching the game and the way the Chiefs played, and the Packers' defense is very good, and Joe Barry, their D.C., is doing a good job. Um, but watching the Packers play without Jordan Love, you had to think there, the way the Chiefs played, Packers could have won that game going away. Hell, I, I might argue that when they score seven points, A-Rodge might be 20 points better yeah. than Jordan Love. He was terrible. Now, the theme on Sunday morning, boy, oh, boy, the Fox crew went in on Aaron Rodgers on the 
the fibbing about the immunization versus vaccinated. Roger's excuses on Friday, the more I got to see him uh, and his agenda, he is an anti-masker. He's an anti-distancer. I don't think he's a COVID hoaxer, but he certainly very um, against the vaccine and wants to use alternative methods. Dr. Joe Rogan, his advisor, people mocked on him for that. Did you see Terry Bradshaw? They're, they're posted up at the Naval Academy. Mm-hmm. They're doing the beginning of salute to service around the NFL. And Bradshaw, on the heels of all the other guys on the Fox broadcast, going in on um, Rodgers, he freaking unloaded on him. I'd give Aaron Rodgers some advice. It would have been nice if he had just come to the Naval Academy and learned how to be honest. Learn not to lie, because that's what you did, Aaron. You lied to everyone. I understand immunized. What you were doing was taking stuff that would keep you from getting COVID-19. You got COVID-19. Ivermectin is a cattle dewormer. Sorry, folks. That's what it is. And so many people got mad at that. Then you start getting into the minutia of this topic that just goes on and on and on and on. And people, you know, then you get inter, whatever it's called, Ivermectin uh, debates all over the place. Yeah. Inter- right. Um, Which, what, by the way, doesn't mean you're immunized. Right. What do you think of Bradshaw? First of all, he's playing to the crowd. You hear the sure, of course, the, the midshipmen there going freaking crazy at Annapolis. Uh, what do you think of Bradshaw? You know, it's just saying, hey, you're a liar. You need to learn how to be honest. Well, I think it's, you know, the narrative at that point is you have to take a stand, and he's not going to go on national TV and, and take and defend Aaron Rodgers with what we're dealing with. We are still in a pandemic, whether you want to believe it, admit it, like it, lump it anti-mask or anti-vax or whatever it is, we are still dealing with the pandemic. We're still in that stage. So he's not going to go on. I don't think he's going to go on and defend. So I think he's got to take a stand. And I'm not saying it was TV or as like, you know, like you like to put it for the college football playoff, right? It's, it's all about TV. But I think part of it, he knew what he was doing. Like you said, um, he did it for the, you know, got the Naval crowd, Naval Academy crowd. Uh, wound up, but I think he believe. I do also think that he believes in what he said. I mean, let's face it; we have been on the air a couple times since since Aaron Rodgers' excuse, and we also are playing to an audience. But we believe in what we are saying, and I think he does. Um, and I think just the bottom line is: is Aaron Rodgers, in a sense, made a fool of himself, and he got caught. He lied. Period. Also, and, and, also gained a lot of supporters. Has a lot of backers now. He can have a lot of backers. There's a lot of people who feel like Aaron Rodgers. And there's a lot of people. I thought it was really interesting that um, he almost blamed. He did blame it on the media saying, hey, there was a witch hunt to find out who was vaccinated and who not and that who isn't. And maybe he slipped a little bit. He just wanted he just wanted to give an answer. Right. But that that wasn't a lie. He made, you know, the media with the witch hunt. They got him. But I don't know. I think just people are attaboying Rodgers and they're it's not that they're Rodgers backers. They're his belief that they believe the same thing and they're just he's just one in a line like they're not going to next week it's it's going to be kind of forgotten it'll be on to the next guy that stands up for that they're not all, all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers fans number two so yeah if you missed it Damon Arnett another first round pick from the 2020 draft is gone from the organization very different reasons we know about the rugs crash last week so he's gone Arnett a video gets posted Arnett waving around a gun threatening people and Mike Mayock came out today, the GM, and said, uh, yeah, that's not what the Raiders are going to be about. That's not what Mark Davis wants for the community. Um, well, Mayock went in to talk about some of the challenges of that 2020 draft, which is really blown up in their face. 
Well, I mean, Josh, I think I just went through the three years I've been, and um, I don't want to call it a blip. It's significant. Um, but I think in 19 and 21, we've done a heck of a job, both with football players and character, and we're we'll continue to be consistent with that. Um, I've had several conversations with the owner. Um, I know how I feel in my heart of hearts, and um, it, it, <laughs> it's just as important to me that these guys are good people in this community as it is that they're good football players. Well, I mean, that's good to say. And, again, I would love for Mike Mayock to come out and go, hey, you know what, I was worried about all these guys, and uh, Gruden overruled me. I have a feeling that was part of the mix. But when he says they've done a great job with character, they have brought in some good guys, but they've also brought in rugs. Don't forget about Lynn Bowden Jr. never made it here, and he, like, they'll never say it, but it was character. They, they viewed him as a character risk, and that's why they dumped him before he ever got to play and sent him to the Dolphins. Now we've got Arnett, who they already knew had some character issues. There's a problem there. I probably could get into some other guys who uh, maybe are touted as having good character, who may be creeps, but um, I, it's a, that's a tough leg to stand on. Uh, listen to Mayock here talking about, you know, the Raiders players fitting in the community. This is really important to Willie and I and all you guys listening. There's always conversations about different players and what their, their quote, fit is in a community. You know, is a country can a country kid live in a big city or vice versa? Um there's always conversation. What kind of culture does the kid come from? How will, how will he fit? And I think that's part of the conversation. Uh, we always talk about the fit for a young man. That will he fit here? And we do have to be aware of Vegas. I mean, there's no, but, but my thing is this, in just about any mid to big size city in the country, if you want to find trouble, you can find it. And, and our job is to find the kids that will get past that. Okay, I'm glad he said that at the end, that you can find – trouble just about anywhere right um i don't consider vegas to be a big city i consider miami dade where arnett came from that is a big city so he was on big city to small city he actually went big city to cesspool of crime at times at least in terms of the guys that turn out at ohio state they've got a bad record right so he went big city to columbus which ain't much different actually size-wise than vegas um, I think it's right around the same market size um, to here. Um, now, Rugs, did he go small city, right? Alabama, Tuscaloosa to big city? Yeah. But I, I got to point out that this whole thing on Vegas is the problem. And I know we keep harping on it, but folks, the problem in this country with football players being entitled and feeling like they're above the law is a football culture problem. And we didn't start it, right? Just because we're a 24-hour city, which by the way, that's even overrated now. We're really not as much of a 24-hour city as we used to be. And apparently by the reports, Ruggs was at a place that closed at midnight. And then he decided to find other options and then be driving at three o'clock in the morning, which you could do anywhere in this country. But NFL players going nuts and misbehaving and feeling like they're above the law, that athlete arrogance above the law entitlement, that doesn't start here. It doesn't. It starts in Columbus, Ohio, places like Tuscaloosa, State College, Pennsylvania, Waco, Texas, right? Oh, Southern Midwest values, Baton Rouge, Gainesville, 
And you know what also happens? And I'm not saying we're perfect here with our justice system, and we'll see how the rugs thing plays out. The other thing about all these tough values that we hear about in the South and the Midwest, St. Louis is the area, or the the South and the Midwest is the area that did nothing to Leonard Little when he killed someone in a drunk driving accident, right? And he got eight games. He got yeah, he got eight games, eight game suspension from the NFL. So the NFL sent a message. You know what? If you get in trouble, the worst kind of trouble possible, you kill someone, you can still play. South Florida with Dante Stallworth, right? 16 games. NFL got a little stronger. Justice system there sucked. Nothing. Community service for both guys. So this, you know, Vegas is the problem. No, we need to look at where kids are trained to get that entitlement, where coaches and the community cover up their misdeeds. And you know what happens when you get away with something? What's natural? Ooh, I can go next level and next level and next level and next level. Just like we talked about with the UFC. The fact that John Jones keeps getting a fight, right? He's enabled. He's never learned his lesson. And the NFL has the same kind of approach. So this this stuff's got to stop. And uh, I know you and I are both going to talk about it. Anytime we see this about, oh, Vegas' problems with Arnett and Ruggs and, and others, oh, that's a Vegas problem. No, no, no. I just named you some of the – and by the way, they're supposed to be educated there and become better people. In a way, they actually learn lessons that, you know what, when you're a football player and you're great, you can get away with a lot more. And I mean, not, come on, let's not even get into some of the coaches. Urban Meyer at both Ohio State, in Columbus, and in Gainesville. And remember, Herb and Gainesville produced Aaron Hernandez, one of the worst characters ever play in the National Football League. But you're right, all those places I can name, and I didn't throw in Lincoln, Nebraska, which, by the way, what a low-character bullcrap move today. They're going to stick with Scott Frost. That's fine. But Trev Alberts was out there last week going, oh, you know, babe, without saying USC, you know, we don't fire guys two games into the season, you know, basically like USC. What happened today? Scott Frost fired like five of his assistants before the end of the season. High character. Taking shots at others. Unbelievable. And I can name college city after college city that has let Coaches run amok and their players run amok and covered it up. And then they send them to the NFL. And those of us in NFL cities are like, wait, what the hell did we just get here? Thanks, Gainesville. Thanks, State College. Thanks, Waco. Thanks, Baton Rouge. Thanks, Tuscaloosa. Thanks, Columbus. Thanks, Miami Dade. Go ahead, Willie. Let me ask you a question. Sorry. I'm just tired of it. Early, earlier this season. I'm tired of it. Earlier this season, when Jacksonville lost. Urban Meyer didn't want to fly home with his uh, family and the team, or with his team. Where yep. did he fly to yep. and get in trouble at? Columbus. Little old oh, Columbus. Oh, okay. Yeah. And who, who do those players learn character from and accountability? Coaches like that. Like Ed Orgeron, too. Right? Running, running wild and crazy in Baton Rouge. And, and, and I'll throw something else in there. We got to go to break here. I'll throw something else in there. and We'll get to the, the Raiders' loss against the Giants. So many cities, Willie, we can freaking we can freaking name. And so many of these coaches are out of control. We gotta stop, man. Everyone's gotta step back. Football is not the end all be all. You're trying to educate kids, make them better people. You can't send them out to what they call the big cities and then say, Oh, it's the big city's fault that they got in trouble when they were doing the same thing in the little city. 
It's the Big Five at Four. Brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. 570-9000. Great coaches, they make adjustments during the game. They don't necessarily have to wait to halftime to make those adjustments. Yesterday, uh, the way Tennessee was coming on the match Stafford, uh, you wonder, even the announcers must have said two or three times, you wonder why they wasn't rolling him. In the second half, when they start rolling Matt left and right, moving the pocket, uh, they start having some success. And look out as a sack for Danico Autry. So deep drop by Stafford. Look out again. Avoids a sack the first time and not the second time. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. Bears and Steelers on the way at Twin Peaks. Happy our specials in effect. Big beer under four bucks. Select appetizers two, four, and six dollars. We will get back to this growing narrative that we're the problem, not the NFL players who are here being the problem. We just saw someone extolling the virtues of another small city that has a team in the league. And Arnett wouldn't have gotten in trouble there. Okay. So the loss yesterday is debilitating. Now, losing to the Giants, a bottom eight team in the NFL, not good. I will go glass half full and say that the division and the outlook for the division where if you looked at the odds board, the Raiders were a prohibitive favorite to finish last. Right? (laughs) That was the most common betting scenario you could find is that the Raiders would finish last. Well, the division outlook has changed. All three teams outside of the Raiders have flaws, may not have solutions coming anytime soon. I'll go back to the game yesterday, Willie, and we can talk about you know the emotions and maybe Carr was a bit distracted, having to stand up, speak to the media, you know, get blasted by many on, on social media, uh, lost his deep threat, Lost a guy that he considered a friend in rugs. So that's that's one part of yesterday. But to me, the biggest thing was the Raiders' approach. And they've got to clean that up. And when they have a chance, third and fourth down in the red zone, don't get conservative and don't always settle for field goals. And they kicked two red zone field goals. They missed another. That is the biggest thing they need to clean up. I know Carr made a mistake with the pick six. I know he fumbled. That's been a bugaboo with him. You know, he got hit on the blind side. But I'm telling you, the good teams with the good quarterbacks, when you watch the game as the opposing fan, you're like, please don't throw on third and short. Please, please, please don't go for it on fourth down. That's the opposing fans mindset and I'm sure some of the teams are like god dang I hope they kick a short field goal or you know from the 40 to the 40 when it's fourth and two fourth and one fourth and three man I hope they punt because this dude with the ball in his hands you know as an example I brought up the Chargers earlier you know when you've got 6'5 Mike Williams you've got Keenan Allen you've got Eckler you know who can run a short route and get a first down and you've got a quarterback you trust and Herbert, Staley goes for it. And he went for it a bunch in the game yesterday. 
That's the way the Raiders have to start thinking. And really, the fans should demand it. If Derek Carr is really a top-seven quarterback, and I believe he is the way he's playing this year, he is Willie, then you got to use him like he is. You don't need to – you don't have Baker Mayfield at quarterback. You don't have Jordan Love. You don't have Sam Darnold. you got freaking Derek Carr, and he's got two great options. And, you know, I, I don't know that D-Jax, who's been added to the roster, is, is your option on third down. But you've got a, a great route runner who can catch a short pass, get to the distance in Renfro, and then you've got one of the elite big man receivers and tight end Darren Waller. Play that way. Don't be conservative because then – when you do that, you lose to teams like the Giants. 73.3%. That is the fourth worst fourth down conversion percentage for a defense, and that would be the New York Giants. The Ultimate Sports Lodge, where you can watch every game in HD. The beer is an icy 29 degrees, and the food leaves you coming back for more. Twin Peaks Lodge in Henderson. Field goal unit comes onto the field. They trail by four. Carlson missed it. Missed it. You're listening to Cofield and Company live at Twin Peaks. Boy, the frustration you can hear it there in Brent Musburger's voice. Just a simple missed it. Sounding really annoyed. Shortest miss of Carlson's career. You know, all this anti-kicking stuff is nothing against Carlson. He is a good kicker. It's it's more of the approach thing, and anyone out there is like, I didn't hear you guys talk about this you know, early in the season because they weren't doing it. And I talked about it all last season that between uh, you know Gruden and what I perceived as maybe a lack of full trust in Carr, that the Raiders cost themselves several games by being conservative, not on fourth down, but at third down leading into fourth down. Playing for field goals is a losing proposition against the great teams and great coaches in the National Football League, and it's even worse when you don't score touchdowns and distance yourself from the bad teams. And it cost him yesterday against a Giants team that is probably going to finish max six or seven wins, if that. You brought up last segment before break. You had said, you know, well, they lost to a bottom eight team. And, you know, where do they go from here? And here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing I want people to keep in perspective, okay? Collectively, the AFC West is 20 and 14 for all four teams above 500, one of two divisions in the AFC, along with the AFC North, they're combined 20 and 13 with the Steelers playing tonight. And because of the power of the AFC West, this was exactly why when I picked the Raiders 10 and 7, the second the schedule came out, said, hey, they're going to make the playoffs, but they needed to go 3 and 1 against the hapless NFC East. And now they've set themselves up. They beat the Eagles, they got football team here. They're reeling, but now they lost to the Giants, and then Thanksgiving they're going to Dallas. Dallas. And can they beat Dallas? Of course they can, but will they? Maybe not. And then what's the best you can do? Two okay. and two. Okay, so and that me, one game. Let me Willie. That one game can make the difference. Let me finish my point real quick. So, are we going to count out the Raiders because they lost on the road after a tragedy to the Giants? Isn't a great football team? No, but. You know who they're not, Steve? They're not the Jacksonville Jaguars. Are we ready to count out the Buffalo Bills from the AFC East? Because they're five and three, half game in front of the New England Patriots, who are five and four. The Jets are two and six. The Dolphins are two and seven. So are we ready to count out the Bills after no, a no. dismal? Well, well, one, the Bills are better than the Raiders. Two, uh, it's one spot the Bills 
overlooked. Keep in mind, the Bills record is also a little misleading because, well, this is weak, but um, had Josh Allen not slipped on an attempt to get into the end zone, they potentially win that game. The Raiders have now lost two of these games. They shouldn't have lost to the Bears. Shouldn't have lost to the Bears. And these are the things, you know, again, I think the Raiders have had a good start to the season. They're five and three, but these are the things when they were six and four and seven and five in past years, it's the losses against teams like the Giants and the Bears that at the end of the year, you're like, damn, well, one game out. They shouldn't have lost to the Bears when you when you go in, going into that game. But after the game, they should have lost to the Bears. They deserve to lose that game. Yesterday, if you look at the numbers, they actually outplayed the Giants offensively. I mean, the offense blew. The calls blew the game for them. But statistically speaking, they outplayed them. Um, they lost to the Bears two days after those emails came out. And they looked flat. They looked deflated. They looked like a team that had been defeated. And that followed a week where they were completely dominated by the Chargers. So in the three losses, in my opinion, they definitely should have lost to the Chargers. The Bears, they just got manhandled off of it 48 hours after the deal with Gruden. Yesterday, they played well enough to win. They just, as you said, those decisions in the red zone and on fourth down is what screwed them up. Be more aggressive the rest of the year, please. Derek Carr's having a career year. You've got good receivers. You've now added that threat to freaking blow the top off the defense. I have no idea if the guy's going to get more than 10 catches and 15 targets the entire year in Deshaun Jackson. Don't fall into the trap of last year. Be aggressive. Trust Derek Carr. Trust your talent on offense. And I will say this. There's no excuses now. Okay, so before... You had your your deep play threat with Henry Ruggs, and then, well, you know he's young, second year player, still blah blah blah. There should be no excuses now if you're if you're replacing one for one and you're bringing in Deshaun Jackson and the, and the pedigree and the resume that this guy has, right? It's a veteran. He's been around. He knows defenses. Knows how to read. Knows how to beat secondaries. So there shouldn't be any excuses as to why you can't go for it. Be aggressive. So interesting. A couple minutes ago, we saw Andrew Brandt who's a former NFL exec, he's a media guy now. We've had him on before, very good guys, great on the cap and legal stuff. He tweeted out something to the effect of uh, maybe it is Vegas, that's a problem with NFL players because uh, a place like Green Bay, you know, where it's football first, you don't have these issues. Is his tweet still there or did he delete it or did I get blocked? Because I retweeted it and I said, didn't Green Bay have issues with Najee Davenport and Mark Chamora? Mark Chamora was up on sexual assault charges and Najee Davenport like pooped in some girl's closet in a dorm like, you, you could find two, three, four issues with every city in the NFL, even Little Green Bay. Is it gone? It's gone, and I am It's gone! And you know what? It's gone! I, you know no. who I'm going to give don't credit to? Don't delete it! No, don't delete it! Vic, Vic got all over him. I'm No. What? No, 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 no. Vic didn't get all of Vic was quoting his own tweet because Vic wrote something on there. We have to give credit to part of the company. Adam Candy quoted his tweet and said, this is a tired old narrative about Las Vegas that needs to stop. Is driving drunk something unique to, quote, Sin City? Has this element been a factor for the Golden Knights, the Aces, or 98% of the Raiders? Please, national folks, do better. Adam Candy called him out, quoted it, and now that tweet's nowhere to be found. So I believe we're winning Adam, the fight. Adam Candy Stop. chased him. Stop bad mouthing Vegas. Stop. Because what's happening is you've got a bunch of NFL people like Peter King who are like, maybe it's Vegas? Like, but when you say that, that becomes a real narrative. Don't throw the. If you believe it, then stick with it. But I'm telling you, you will get people on the ground here ready to freaking fight you about what a quality town this is. And again, I'll repeat it for the 50th time. 
If you have a problem in Las Vegas and dealing with Las Vegas, that's a you problem. It's not a Vegas problem. And those of us who live here and survive here and thrive here, right? We make it work. Somehow we make it work. And I got to tell, I'll, I'll repeat it again. Guys like Arnett and Ruggs and I don't know, you know, Jared Stoll from the LA Kings with his, his cocaine and freaking wheat or uh, what was it? Molly pop at the MGM. John Jones coming to town. Nick Diaz coming to town. Kobe Covington trying to fight Kamaru Usman on the line of the Palms of Faye. You're scaring us. We're, Vegas is not the problem. You guys are. Hey, I want to remind you of something. Remember last week I told you that I said. Uh, I Willie, have, Willie standing up. I stood up. Yes. Standing up and flexing. He's, he's going to bench press. He's going to bench press Mateo in a second. He's angry. <laughs> I, Don't hulk out. I told you the last time that I hadn't heard about a car being able to ram into another one. And it light and it turns into an inferno. Since what? Do you remember that it was very personal? A few years ago, some woman sped off, slammed into a parked car at a stop sign. It burst into flames. Four teenagers, three died. One of them very close to me and my son, part of our perfect team, big time uh, athlete at Centennial High School, Brooke Hawley. RIP to those kids that died in that car accident. You know where that was? Huntington Beach. Some woman driving errantly, speeding down a road in the middle of the night after hours. It was after midnight. They found this girl decided, as a matter of fact, you know what? There was, I think she hit a curb or something, some. Innocent, some bystanders went up to her window, knocked on the driver's side window. Hey, are you okay? She sped off away from those people and slammed in the back of that car. The mother of Brooke Holly Rhonda messaged me after I put on my one of my social media stories the packed house for that first day back when everybody was there at the media room of the Raiders. And she said that she was because she was PTSD. She was just going to turn 18, Brooke, the other day. Her father posted something that, or excuse me, she was just going to turn 21, I'm sorry. But he couldn't celebrate that birthday. That took place in Huntington Beach. A woman speeding down a street after midnight, causing a car to catch on fire. Vegas isn't the problem, people. Drinking and driving nationwide, worldwide is. Get a clue. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. Rolling on here, Twin Peaks, getting ready for the Bears and the, I almost said the Seahawks, Steelers. Very distracted today, very distracted. What were you sending me on StreamYard? What's going, what's going on, Willie? What do we got? What do we got coming up? I'm just get, I'm gearing up for this raffle, so I was Good. sending you a message about the raffle because we got Golden Knights tickets to give away. Down, You got to come down to Twin Peaks, fill out the slip, put it in here. I'm going to be here for another hour after the show's over. So yep. I was letting you know. That I'm going to make sure these slips get in first thing in the morning. No, I'm no. going to make sure they get in because okay. I'm staying too. Oh, 
where Steve then you better get down here because it's very rare that you get to meet the man, the myth, the legend after a show. Yes. He's usually out of here. I usually roll out of here. I'm very lazy. I get out. I get out. No, I'm staying around. All right. Yeah. Cool. We'll be we'll be here until six o'clock doing sign ups for the next hour or so. Chance to win tickets to the Golden Knights and Kraken. That's tomorrow night. I don't like the Kraken. I don't like that they're having success. I don't like that they had their first hat trick the other day. Screw Seattle. I don't like that you don't like the Kraken. I don't like Or are you Vegas or not? Or are you Seattle? Or are you split? Are you going to wear a – well, you're not going to wear a jersey because you're covering the game. But I'm a non-fan reporter. Do you know who my original hockey team is as a hockey fan was the New York Rangers? Manhattan guy. Rangers? Rangers. Who was your favorite player? Was it Ron Duguay? Messier. Okay. It's a good choice. I looked at you. You were like, "Oh, did I get in trouble?" No, I was just. I just wanted no. to look at you. <laughs> There's a story behind that, which I'll tell you off the air. Okay. All right. Uh, your picks. I always ask you how your bets did this weekend. Your picks. How did your picks go this weekend? Picks went pretty darn good um, in the NFL. I will say. Um, well, you look that up. I'll, I'll tell you what I did. So I'm early in the week, up, pulling up, pulling early in the up. week, yeah. I went for the bubble burst game where SMU was playing Memphis. Memphis was getting five. Memphis won. They won outright. So SMU, after losing the unbeaten season, was a less than prepared loss to Memphis. Um, NFL, I got info pretty early that I believed, and it was true, that Kyler Murray would not be playing for the Cardinals. You said so that. I actually got the Niners at uh, – I'm sorry. Yeah, the Niners at pick. Well, that's oh, the Niners yesterday. Uh, you know, here's the thing. And I had two opposite forces clash on this one because three weeks ago I told the Vegas audience, you know what? I'm done with little Shanny. I think Kyle Shanahan's overrated. Like the bloom is off the flower. All we hear about is what a great coach he is. The guy's record is not good outside of the one year. And yesterday, they, there's no no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, no AJ Green, no JJ Watt, and they come out like sleepwalking, and wind up losing, and like not even really competing no. to win the friggin' game. And I haven't had a pick. That's the second week in a row. If you had some good early information, where a line shifted massively, like a lot of people had the DAC info two weeks ago, and it did not matter, right? And then this week. You get the you get the Cardinals info early, and the Niners come out laying egg. So I lost that one. Arizona came out firing. They were up. I um I liked, which I told you, I liked the Packers, but I did not because of Jordan Love. I liked the Packers because of the defense and how terrible Kansas City has been playing, and they covered with that late touchdown. I liked. This is surprising. I liked the Minnesota Vikings plus the points at Baltimore. Got that and lost with the Philadelphia Eagles. It was a one and a half point spread there. Lost in overtime. Um, those were the three that my that I gave my, up. my play of the day yesterday at the Westgate Browns getting two. Right, so I'm watching the game. I'm like, okay, this looks like a good bet. You know what? It's time to get a middle. Got greedy. I took the Bengals plus half in game. Come on, I gotta, I gotta look at the middle. I got there. You gotta do it. It's like doubling down on the right numbers. In blackjack, you got to play the middle. Blame, Didn't work. Blame Steve Smith for that one. <laughs> Steve Smith motivated <laughs> Steve the Browns to go out and destroy the Bengals. Who do you right. like tonight? 
I don't have a side because I don't trust either team. I would lean Bears, but you know I've leaned Bears a lot, and they have disappointed me a lot. What are they? One in five? One in five ATS? That's not. That can't be right on the road. But anyway, their ATS record stinks. Bears one and three on the road. Steelers have won three in a row. I think this is a great spot for Big Ben. I'm going with the Steelers. There you go. I rem- I will remember that next time I talk to you. Steelers. Monday Night Football is coming up. Get down here to Twin Peaks. Great prizes.